Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Reservations. We're your host. I'm Rain Whalen, and I'm Jeremy Blair. And uh, you know, man, this this is only episode three, and I'm I'm feeling good about this season. I think we're getting the hang of it, right? I mean, I'm I'm hoping we're framed correctly. Yeah. And I just put my arm over here, and I told myself I wasn't going to do that for now because my hand's going to disappear. Um, yeah. Uh, so, like we mentioned last week, everyone, we're still working on this. This right. is this is new for us. I mean. I have uh, edited, 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 edited uh, videos before, but I mean, nothing to this scale. Yeah. I mean, granted, uh, we kind of know what we're doing, so I don't have to do much editing. But I mean, it's, we're... I mean, but yeah, so you know, uh, we're still playing with things, you know. So you may think see things change, see things pop up. Um, also, I meant to mention this to you when you came over. Um, thank you to everyone who subscribed. We've had a yeah, like uh, eight new subscribers wow. since I. So I made this channel, uh, for, for me to like I guess have like an outlet uh-huh. to do things, and then when we decided we were gonna start putting the podcast on it, I just rebranded everything. So I already had like five subscribers. Nice. So now it's gone up by eight, and wow. you know. I just want to say thank you. I mean, yeah, that's a big deal. Hey, eight. I mean, I, and we're all going to read your name off right now in order. Here we go. I'm just going to have like a like a robotic voice over this. <laughs> but uh, seriously, like, like YouTube's a big place, but still, thank you guys and thank you for the views too. I mean, it, yeah, I mean it's good. it's racking up one of. I mean, one of them is me. Uh, but um, oh well, it, yeah, one of them is I am me also, too one of the subscribers yeah uh, but uh, it's still a huge deal thanks guys for watching and um, again if you want to hear the music we use um, yes yeah, still listen to the audio or you know if it's a really big deal for the episode um, like next week will be I'll just tell you what the song is and you can just go YouTube it or go ahead and find the audio on our podcast and you know Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever. Yes, and, because uh, uh, we'll do it that way. I don't know if our YouTube subscribers uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, but you'll notice that there's different music. Uh, we have royalty-free music for YouTube, but we get to use the music for the audio, and that's because YouTube's. Uh, even though we're not making any money off of this, uh, YouTube still has a lot of copyright infringement. So even though we're not getting paid to talk about these movies. We still don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, now, on the other hand, audio is completely different. Uh, we're allowed to do that. But on YouTube, we can't. So anyway, like, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, <laughs> if if I think or if you think the music we're using is integral to what we're talking about or anything like that, we'll just give a shout out to the music and we may even put a link yeah. to or, somewhere. Or, 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 or a, a quick little image somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of, of where you can find it or whatever. Um and like I said, next week will probably be that way. Um, spoiler alert. I know we haven't told you what next week is. But, I know. Um, spoiler alert for next week. Um, all right, but let's get down to this so, thing, man. So, Jeremy, um, this movie, uh, did it, when you first saw it, yeah, so you seen it, dude, when you first see it, yeah. uh, when you first saw it, did you ever think like, man, am I secretly in a TV show? Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. Because I'm not going to lie, I for a good while in my young life, I was like, I yeah, think, I think I'm... This This film was very existential, right? It it, it makes you <laughs> uh, 
think in a broader sense and in a unique sense about reality mm-hmm. and your place in it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, there is such a thing as the Truman Show delusion. Mm-hmm. I was um, reading that yesterday. Yeah, I wrote their names down. Ian and Joel Gold um, coined the phrase in 2008. Oh, uh, wow. It is not recognized by the DSM-5. Um, it is, it's not a, a legitimate diagnosis. Right? Uh, okay. Um, but they saw enough patients, um, either with schizophrenia or some other um, disorder, mm-hmm. exhibit these sort of delusions. Mm. This sort of uh, way of thinking that they are being constantly watched and their life is being manipulated in some way. Okay. Um, which is interesting, right? Um, and I can see how people can get themselves wrapped up into this way of thinking. I, you know, because it's hard to to prove it's not happening, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, that guy's in on it, this guy's in on it, everyone's in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impossible to say no, they're not, right? Yeah. Well, and you know. And everyone will get to there, but you know, I, I had a feeling we'd talk about this. You know, the, you know, the human mind is so, you know, crazy. You know, mm-hmm. our our minds, our brains are so weird, and you know, some people's are are wired, and they think this is truth. Mm-hmm. To where people whose brains aren't wired that way, you're like, well, well, obviously not. Why would you think that? You know, it just yep. it's just so crazy, and you know, and it doesn't help. That this movie also is a very meta in a way, you know? Yeah, I I really like the way it's it's played out. I guess we can start there. So, uh, in case you didn't watch or listen last week. Or can see the poster in between us. Yes. Uh, we were discussing The Truman Show, 1994? Five? Four? Sure. Uh, we'll, we'll have our intern Reggie fact check that. Yeah. He's in the closet. Yeah. Uh, not... The that closet. He's just in the closet next to us, listening. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, man, uh, yeah. It's just so. I, I was re- so. This is the first time I've rewatched this movie in quite a while. I love this movie, okay. but hadn't seen it in a while. And the whole time I was watching it, I was like, you know, this movie is very meta. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a movie about a TV show about someone's life being manipulated, but like just. A lot of the references that they're making is almost like jabs at Hollywood itself, you know? It kind of, um, I, this movie wasn't meant, wasn't originally written to be this lighthearted. It was supposed to be a little darker, right? Yeah, I read somewhere that was also meant to be a little bit more sci-fi. Yeah, it was set in New York, um, and it was darker, and not only in subject matter, but in lighting and in tone i mean it's supposed to be you know mm-hmm. almost like dark city i guess okay um which is a great movie and it definitely a future episode uh, um reference our crow episode if you want to hear jeremy talk more about dark oh, city yeah that's right i did because it's that guy um so it was supposed to be a lot darker okay right? and so making it this sort of light-hearted and a more a different type of surreal um, in this town that they're in, mm-hmm. uh, which is a real town in Florida, by the way. Um, not, but not the name, though, right? No, the name is different, but the the town is in existence. 
That's cool. Um, and it actually looks like that. When they went to go there, they were like, did someone build this? Like, is this a set? And they go, no, people live here. So it's very strange. It's a very, I mean, just a, a very eerie place to be. For me, it would be just because of how it's laid out and how it looks, but that doesn't well, matter. Well, and it, it kind of, you know, I'm glad you mentioned eerie because it kind of makes me think of suburbs. Okay. You know, suburbs are, I think, very inherently creepy. I think that just might be I'm a huge David Lynch fan and he's sort of ruined suburbia. Suburb, suburb. Yeah, he's yeah. ruined suburbia for well, me because for me the movie The Burbs ruined suburbia oh, okay. for me. Right on. But but still, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, cuz the town is I mean, apart from the fact that everyone in this town is fake, but just looking at the town as itself, yeah, it's very creepy. It is. And again, it's a real place. Yeah, um, everything is white picket fence, everything is almost identical. Yeah, again, it's very bright. Uh, of course, I mean, that's, you know, camera manipulation and whatever. That's right. right. But um, I... It was the guy who wrote Gattaca. Um, okay. okay. Andrew oh, Nichol, wow. right. And so, obviously, that would have been pretty sweet. I wouldn't have minded seeing the darker version of this movie because it's... I love Gattaca. And yeah. I... It's got, that's the one with Ethan Hawke, right? It's been yeah. a while since I've seen that one. Too. And Uma Thurman. Yeah, right, right. Where he's got to exfoliate all the, with rocks all the time. Yes, and yeah. he's got. In, Sorry. Right. You know what? Gaddick is a future episode also, so okay. we'll, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. So, you know, he wanted it to be the sort of more sci-fi, mm-hmm. right? And when Peter Weir was attached, he loved this the script so much, but he's like, it's it can't work this way. We have to do it this other way we need to tweak things and make things less i guess less depressing or where it's less sci-fi will make it you know more of a surrealist sort of a place to live Mm -hmm. right right and i think it'll work better that you know it's a happy place right Mm -hmm. um and i can i agree i agree that it's it's more appealing because it's a happy place and you don't feel, I mean, you feel terrible for Truman, but you, you don't have like the sense of you're dread. You're not scared for Truman. Right, 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 right. You just feel bad for Truman. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I, I do appreciate that, that switch because yeah, the whole movie, you know, we're feeling bad for Truman that his whole life has pretty much been a lie. Um, well, not pretty much his life has been a lie. A lie yeah. You know, and but this is something else about this movie that I really love is that this movie has a a genuine catharsis to it. Yeah. You know, the ending is is perfect. We have our closure for it's everyone. It's maybe the most incredible ending I've seen in mm-hmm. in a movie like this. I mean, obviously um for me last week's episode Requiem <laughs> Does it, not have a th- cathartic ending. No, but I I like it. Right? Well, yeah. It's well, it's one of those endings that I I constantly think about. It's one of those that will stick with me forever. This one is like that, but on the opposite, you know, emotional spectrum. Right. Right. I where where requiem, you're just down in the dumps, just yeah. like ah, oh, but I like it. This one, you're filled with hope. Right. And, and you're like, like yes, Truman's out. Yeah, exactly. And it's you know, exhilarating. It's mm-hmm. you know. It's a victory, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but we'll get to that ending, because that ending uh, yeah. is... Yeah, I, I want to talk for eight hours about that Okay, ending. great. I think we have time. Okay, cool. Um, Stick around. <laughs> so, again, uh, Peter Weir is 
is known for I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, um, uplifting films, but, you know, because he has Witness and he has a few others, but oh. uh, Dead Poet Society is one, of, oh. is one of his, right? Okay. Um, and so, which also makes sense why he was able to channel Jim Carrey for this role, right? He was able to work with him enough and give him slack when he needed it, but also be like, you know, trust him that he can do the the dramatic stuff. Well, and I and I read that he was really, really worried when Jim came on. He was really worried that he was going to have to, you know, really kind of reel Jim in. Because I want to say Jim had at least done The Mask... Or Ace Ventura by this point. He had done Ace Ventura. That's okay. that's how that's how we got this movie. That's how that's we got right. the movie. Yeah. So he he done Ace Ventura. We you know in Living Color. Mm-hmm. You know it his, his stand get, up. His stand up. And, yeah. Right. So you know this was Jim's first take on drama, and so yeah. So I read that Peter was really really worried, but as they began to film and he saw what Jim could do, what you were saying, he was like, you know what, I can trust him. Yeah. You know. Trusting him to not only bring in the humor that's in the film, mm-hmm. um, added in, of course, yeah, right. um, but also, you know, when when he's sitting um, with what is what's his best friend's name? Uh, uh, I don't know, Marlon. Marlon. When he's sitting with Marlon and they're having these talks and he's really down and he can sell it and play it and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I... I really loved the fake opening credits um, yeah. because it's it's introducing us to this world very quickly, mm-hmm. um, acclimating us to the story and to the world that we're about to be in. Uh, and then later on, we get the um, the Kristoff interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, when uh, Sylvia calls him, right, mm-hmm. uh, in that Kristoff interview. And it's giving us this exposition, but it's not... Spoon feeding, right? Right. Which it, it's not you, you know hate. treating us like we're idiots. This is stuff we need to know, right? But it's also done in a way that's useful to the plot. Yeah, because you know, here we are in, in this world. The Truman Show has been on for thirty seasons, I believe. Is what uh, they say. Ten thousand nine hundred nine days. It ends on ten thousand nine hundred twelve. Yeah, well, I I feel like at one point they say like the thirtieth season because he was um, he was a couple of days away from his thirtieth birthday, mm-hmm. and so uh, if you did the math, if you did the math, ten thousand nine hundred nine is a few days shy of thirty years. Okay, but yeah, so you know there there but there's a lot of information that we don't know, right? You know, and this is where I I kind of meant how the film is very meta too. Because they give us, you know, that they are they do spoon feed us, but because we need it, you know, with the flashbacks and which I thought was really creative. It mm-hmm. was a, it was like, well, what do they do if he's just sitting there thinking about something? And they know him so well that they can guess what he's thinking about, but how would they do it? And they just play an old old footage, a, right? Old episode, yeah, right. Yeah. And it's genius. I thought that was great. Um, I yeah, this is. I would say this is reality show, uh, reality TV. It's the Joe Schmo show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um, 
which my dad loves. Shout out to my dad. Uh, the Joe Schmo Show. I don't know if you've heard of that or know what it is. I, I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen an episode. Though. It was a quote reality show, sort of like the real world, but it was all scripted except for one guy. They would invite this one guy uh, to be on this show that he thought it was going to be like a reality show. Uh-huh. But everybody else was an actor. It was all set up beforehand. And uh, at the end of the episode, he gets uh, at the end of the season, uh, he gets like $10,000 something like that. Like, really? Yeah, for playing along and, you know, not suing them. Not um, losing his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's basically what this is, right? Yeah. Um, except, except in a more wholesome, you know, just played to for, I don't know, let's take a look at this person's entire life, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of a deal. It's not meant to be manipulative in for comedy. Yeah. The only manipulations is to keep him there, really. Yeah. Um, and to have him not question his reality, which, of course, they fail in both. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's go ahead and let's talk about the set. Let's talk about the world they've created. The 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 dome. The dome, right? That they planted right behind Hollywood. There, the Hollywood sign. There are little details in there that are brilliant. That uh, that you wouldn't really catch the first time. Uh-huh. Uh, when he's in his kitchen on the counter, there's vitamin D supplements. There's no sunlight. That's not a real sun. And so they have to take vitamin D so they don't have a vitamin deficiency. Um, oh, yeah. And it's one of those that you wouldn't really think about. And I think that's so brilliant to just... Put a bottle right there that says vitamin D, and you know it's because they don't have access to sunlight. Yeah. See, I I read that trivia on IMDb and I, it didn't click with me. I was mm-hmm. like, because I guess whoever wrote that bit of trivia, because you know, users can submit their own trivia. I was like, what? Yeah. What about the sun? It's genius. Yeah. See now, see this one. I'm glad we do this. Yeah. Because I know you will probably say what I'm thinking, it, but it's. It's a little, it's a genius piece of set design mm-hmm. that gives you exposition, right? Well, and you know, and, and speaking of the set, uh, I love that in the main part, in the control room of the dome, Kristoff has that smaller scale of it yep. to where we can really see the scope of... Right, of how big this place is. Yeah. Because like, yeah, we have the that zoom out... Where you can see it from space and yeah, that CGI is not that good, but it's okay. It gets a pass. Yeah, but you know, I feel like the model really shows us its scope. Like right. this is how big the this world is. The sheer size of it. And mm-hmm. he said there's about five thousand cameras. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember how many extras, uh, just to fill the space, fill the world. Yeah, and then they had you know I think he said like a uh, you know. The size of a country of a team, right? That's running all the inside of. Well, you would, you can think about the, um, just the idea of having to prepare for any scenario, right? Mm-hmm. You can only push him to this pattern so long mm-hmm. to where. If he deviates, you have to be ready for it, right? right? For anything, and so it's again, it's it's reading a lot into this film, right? Because they <laughs> they do mention you know how hard it is to whatever and yeah, like but the, it, it's it let's think a little outside the box and let's think about you know the reality of the situation and what would need to happen 
mm-hmm. or what the thought process would need to be to even pull this off. It is possible to pull this off. Uh, they made sure that, you know, things represented in the film were based in reality. Like, these mm-hmm. aren't outlandish ideas. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, for instance, um, giving him the phobia, mm-hmm. right, is genius and also um, morally reprehensible. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. And I was thinking about that, especially in the part, you know, where during Christoph's interview where he says, you know, like, you know, we, we, we had to find ways to keep him in. So, like, making him afraid of dogs. And, then of course, water is the big one. You know, I really was sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, wow, like, like let's say like Truman never found his way out, and this show ended. And again, this is really going back to us looking way too deep into this. Yeah. But let's just say like Truman never found out, and the show eventually just ended. Like, here's a man who you've literally like taken away, like, the ability to even drive over water. Right. Like, he's that afraid of open water. Right. And it's just, I was just like, man, he'd be screwed in real life. But I think in the ending, he's he overcomes that. Right. He but overcomes of course, yeah. And, of course, that's Kristoff's fault um, for bringing his dad back, right? Mm-hmm. Once his dad's back, the, the fear sort of subsides. And so, really, it was it's Kristoff who inadvertently um, ended his own show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not on purpose, but, you know, he set things into motion that would eventually have Truman building the courage to leave. Right. Right. Um, and I I have such a hard time with Laura Linney. I, I am not a huge Laura Linney fan. Um, I think she's great in this. She's great. Um, she's fantastic. She is also one of these manipulations Mm-hmm. Because when Truman sees Sylvia, and I don't remember her stage name, um, Laura, Lauren, Laura, something with an L, something like that. Uh, when he sees her for the first time in that flash flashback, in, in flashback the, in the rerun, um, <laughs> they uh, they purposely have Meryl Meryl fall onto him, and we get that meet cute right. Um, but Truman's not really like that into it. You can tell. Right. And it's this, you know, this is when we really start to feel horrible for Truman because his entire life has been just one big manipulation. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and it's horrible. (laughs) Right. But it's, I don't know. It's so strange to even think about this, you know, uh, in a in a reality sense, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because again, it's that Truman Show delusion where it's like you know uh, anything that happens to you, you can argue is a manipulation of some sort, right? And right. Your whole life has been manipulated by all these things, and so again, going back to our previous conversation, it's hard to debunk that, or it's hard to cure someone of that delusion, right? Because it's right. so hard to. Convince them otherwise. To convince, right, to prove it. Right. Prove it's not happening, right? You know, and and I was just thinking, too, you know, Hollywood does a lot uh, to suspend our disbelief. Mm -hmm. And they pretty much had to do this for Truman for 30 years. 
which is amazing, yeah. right? I don't know how old Jim Carrey was at the time. He was he was in his thirties. Oh, okay. One of the bits I read is um, that originally uh, Truman was supposed to be much more angsty. Okay. But because Jim was in his thirties, they decided to alter it to almost like a midlife crisis. Right, and he's you know he's so wholesome and yeah Truman right. Burbank, which I mean even though that was a you know a made up last name. Uh, well, it's a made-up name. It's, yeah, well, he, I mean, he did, all names are made up, but I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, what, what name is Jeremy? Right. Or Rain. You know, <laughs> trust me. I get that question all the time. Uh, but, you know, you know, despite all this, Truman is very wholesome. He is very likable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's... I think it goes back to you just feel sorry for him because here here it is, this guy, he, he's, he's uh, pretty much a... Uh, a walking fool, you know. Yeah. Of course, unwittingly, you know, he right, doesn't know. He doesn't, he doesn't mean to. And you know what's so interesting is I wrote I wrote down why now, right? Why does he figure it out now, right? And I think it's after you know I wrote it down very early into watching the movie, mm-hmm. um, because I really never thought about it. I never thought about you know what makes now so different. I, I was before. thinking about that too while I was rewatching it. And I think a lot of it is you know just he's so exhausted. Right. Mm-hmm. Of just being told what to do all the time, I think. And, you know, I think he's starting to feel the pressure of this manipulation, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. The the he's starting to notice things and he's remembering back to what Sylvia said. And that light fixture fell from the sky. And, and you know, and that almost kind of kicks it off a little bit. Yeah. And the radio is starting to follow where I'm going. Right. It's it, it's sort of the the age and the um the sort of what's the word it, it's the set is now starting to age so much that now they're making mistakes mm-hmm. right um like when he tries to go in the elevator right exactly and we see people having you know it, it's like a a a crafts table right and, and they're like oh well again it's this sort of um I don't know. It's it's sort of like the fall of the House of Usher. It's starting to age so much that it's falling apart, mm-hmm. and that um, I guess if you want to read into it, maybe they just never really thought about it, right? They right. never anticipated this would be a problem, um, and you wonder if some things like this have happened before. And they mentioned the people sneaking onto set before. Right, and trying mm-hmm. to tell him he's on television. Which I don't understand because it's a dome. So, like, how did that, like, para, like, parasailer come in? Well, I'm sure maybe he climbed up the dome, right? Oh, God. Well, which is why he had a parachute. Um, <laughs> and that other guy in the Christmas uh, present, which was funny. Um, and I think, you know, like, where Sylvia is our, our morality, right? Mm-hmm. She represents... Or the morality of the film. Why this is wrong. This is wrong, right? Um, the other people, especially the guy on the parachute, also seemed like, you know, because it says you're on TV, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're trying to save him also, kind of. Yeah. Right? It, whether or not for their own fame or whatever, 15 minutes, just to mm-hmm. say, I'm the one who... 
Who, who saved like, Truman Burbank? Who, yeah, who either saved Truman Burbank or canceled a thirty-year-old television show. Um, well, you know, and I have and I have things about that too, but we'll get into it because that kind of ties into what we want to talk about with the ending. Okay, but um, yeah, you know, and and it's almost like even with all these things happening with the light fixture and everything, they they know how to right combat it. Right, it's it's going back to you have to think. 15 steps ahead mm-hmm. or 15 different directions at the same time you mm-hmm. know um like when he's he's when he's doing donuts and he goes down that street and almost synchronized all the cars come out yeah um and then like when when he follows Merrill to work and they have to preform surgery uh, surgery yeah but just you know do enough trickery to make him think it's actually happening and then Stop. Right. And I, you know, again, thinking too much into this movie, which this movie's very good at. <laughs> yes. Um, it's almost made for you to just sit and think about all of the things in it, is why did they even introduce the idea of television to him? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because he's watching TV, he's watching I Love Lucy. Why? You know? And yeah. why... Why even tell him about Mount Rushmore? What does it matter, right? Yeah. It's, you know, and again, that scene is probably the only time I really kind of have a problem in this movie. When they're looking through the photo album? Is why would he even think that's weird, right? What what does he know? You know, he doesn't have any frame of reference on what it's supposed to look like. Unless, unless, and again, we keep saying it, but maybe it's because we are reading way too much into this. Maybe they got like real... School books. Oh, maybe. Oh, that is fascinating. And so in his head, he knows what Mount Rushmore is supposed to look That's like. That's a fascinating insight. Because remember, he says, that. you know, a lot smaller than I thought it was. Right. And then he, you know, but as he's trying to kind of look back, is when they, his mom's like, oh, no, mm. the wedding. Oh. Right. And so it's, um, it's fun to think about, you know, mm. like, what would you have done to keep him there? Or to have him not question his reality so much. One of those things for me would have been television. Don't, don't what does it matter? He does. He's not missing it. You know. Right. Um, is is to have that in there? It seems unnecessary and risky mm-hmm. to have a television in there. And I know they they obviously control what's on television. But yeah. we, we see that with the guy who is. Uh, trying to get him to realize staying at home is a good thing by introducing this fake classic Hollywood film about, you know, the mm. dangers of leaving home. And it's kind of like the... The newspapers also, yeah. which are fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like gangs in the streets or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do a lot to try to keep him home. But, you know, the thing... I think the big thing that I have a problem with is how, you know, I'm assuming... The actress who plays Meryl, Laura Linney, you know, I guess when she's fed up with it because she feels like he's become unhinged, you know, it's like, but no one else has a problem still lying to him, you know, like, like with Marlon, with that, the aftermath of the fight, it's, I don't know, to me that, I'm, like the whole time I was watching it last night, it's like that, like, Kristoff is feeding him lines about, yeah, I'd never lie to you. Like, that would mean I'm a part of it, too. And it's like, you asshole, you are a part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Again, it's this this horrible trick they're playing on. (laughs) I I mean, but, you know, not really maliciously. It's not like 
they're leading up to a gotcha, right? They right. never want him to figure it out. And, you know, it's sort of a philosophical question with what's the difference between where he's living and where I'm living, mm-hmm. right? Which, you know, Kristoff kind of talks about. Exactly. You know, with Sylvia, you know, like the world you're living in is the world full of lies. I've created a safe world for him. Yeah. And, you know, and... It, and, you know, and I want to talk about Kristoff really quickly. Of course. We can talk hours about Kristoff. I have a lot to say about Kristoff. You know, because... Sorry, everyone. Because, you know, firstly, uh, Ed Harris is amazing. Yeah, he is. Uh, Not originally Kristoff. It was Dennis Hopper. And they filmed for one day. And Dennis Hopper said, bye. Really? Yeah. Like, Dennis Hopper just wasn't feeling it? I or? guess. They didn't really go into details. Um so, he just left. So it was almost like an Eric Stoltz Back to the Future kind of thing. Kind of. Except for the fact they had like almost completed the movie with Eric Stoltz. <laughs> yeah, they just went one day with Dennis Hopper and he was like, see you later. But um, um but I'm glad they went with Ed Harris. Ed Harris is fantastic, yeah. I'm a huge fan. I, I, I read that uh, him and Jim never met during filming. Never met. Isn't that so cool to think about? Uh-huh. And Which makes perfect sense because they never shared... They were never in the same, same place s- yeah. at the same time. Well, technically they were, but never... Like us, you know, with the scene where Truman's sleeping and he's kind of stroking. Right, him. right, right, right. Well, Tech, that's what I meant. Though. Yeah, like, but, they're not, but not, they're not physically, physically in the in same, the same right, space. Right, right, right. But uh, anyway, so Kristoff, dude, I could talk. I think he, I almost feel like he's supposed to embody the, like, the avant-garde artist who's like, I'm going to... This is art. Like, you know, because he wears a beret, you know. Oh, is that the only reason why you think that? Yeah. Uh, on his glasses. Glasses, I was about to say. And, of course, his name is... Kristoff. Kristoff, but technically, you know, they're really emphasizing the Christ of Kristoff. Right. He is a God figure, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost the lesson that we get at the end of Frankenstein, right? It's this playing God thing Mm -hmm. that you shouldn't do, right? Yeah, and he almost has a... Like a father thing with Truman. Like, he really... Ha- he, he 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 genuinely feels a sense of connection with Truman, you know, like when he's telling Sylvia, you know, I've created a safe. I think it would be impossible for him not to, only because, like Kristoff says to him at the very end, he was there for all Ever- of it. Yeah, right. And in reality, Ed Harris is only twelve years older than Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. <laughs> well, and you know, and I really thought about that. <laughs> really, there's nothing I really, I guess, I'm thinking too much into, but. During all that, I was like, man, that means he was probably, you know, 20 years old when they started this I project. I wish that uh, they would have implied Ed Harris's plan for when he dies. Um, you know, when Kristoff dies, who's going to take over? I thought about that a lot, too, because uh, the intention is cradle to grave. And, you know, at, at obviously at one point they were thinking the grave is coming sooner rather than later, but... If things had gone the way they had anticipated it to, mm-hmm. who's going to take over, right? I would have said Paul Giamatti. Okay. I really felt like Paul was his right-hand man. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in the scene where, you know, Truman, you know, the, one of the great improvised scenes that Jim, you know, is drawing with the soap. It's fantastic. You know, Paul, or Paul, I don't, I don't, does Paul Giamatti even have a name? I have no idea. So we'll just keep calling him Paul Giamatti. Uh, he immediately jumps to, I got to call Kristoff. Yeah. You know, so I really feel like he may have been the second. Okay. So I think if if things would have gone the way that were planned, Paul Giamatti would have taken over and run the show. To be able to have these characters, or and especially Kristoff, to have 
these guys seem three-dimensional, Peter mm. Weir wrote backstories. And uh, Kristoff's is really fascinating. So they had written that um, before he had done The Truman Show, uh, he had won an Academy Award for a film about homeless people where he had filmed it in a similar way. Uh-huh. Right? And um, his original intention was just to film an entire year of a baby's life. Right? And then um, people started really... Taking attention. Right. Taking notice. And then he was, well, what if we added a dad? Right? And he can just have, like, this other space in the house. And, okay, well, what if we did another year? Okay, I have an idea. And that just snowballed into the true... What if it's his entire... And so he even wrote down the intentions and how it led to this and how it led to this to lead to the Truman Show. It's amazing. That would have been really interesting to see. I mean, you know, they kind of imply it when, you know, he's doing the interview and he says, you know, well, we only started with one camera. Right. And, you know, we see Truman in the womb, you know. But that would have been really interesting to see the... I would love an entire movie about Kristoff. The the conception of the Truman Show. I think Kristoff is... unbelievably interesting character just because of the man who pulled this off the pulled this thing off right Mm -hmm. and you know who who would a person have to be for that to happen right right um which is you know an interesting thing to think about and i would love to see and see it explored well i mean you know ed harris is still acting strong man uh I'm, i'm sure you'd be down the uh they did mention in the backstory that the the intention is for the show to always keep going um, after Truman dies because they were expecting him to have a child. Oh, yeah, And yeah. that child would be the next one, right? And and so it would never really end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is horrifying to think <laughs> it about. It kind of is, yeah. Right? Because, you know, it's an entire family, generation after generation, that being filmed and being manipulated, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's yeah, it's not like when you really when you really strip away all the bits, you're like, wow, this is horrible. It is. Yeah, it is horrible, horrifying. Um but but man, Jim Carrey kills it. He does. I I don't I mean, I know he's done more dramatic roles since this. Right, but this is the first one and in the special features uh, they could not stop talking about how much they surprised, how much he surprised them, right? The mm-hmm. other actors and the producers and the director. They were like, you know, he knocked it. We just couldn't believe it, you know, because all they've seen is the mask and Ace Ventura, right? Yeah. Or in living color. They hadn't, you know, seen him do anything else. Yeah, they haven't seen, they hadn't seen the other side of, of Jim. See, like, see, like, learning more about him. I'm sorry if uh, everyone just heard that. I think that was my phone vibrating on the tripod. What was that? Oh. <laughs> I apologize, everyone. Oops. Uh, you know, we didn't really think about that. My did watch we? didn't go off. Sorry, Han. Let me see if it's like... <laughs> if, if someone like texted me. Yeah, it was... Sorry about that, guys. Wait, was that from like an hour ago? Hang on. Sorry. Oh, boy. I am... Yeah, it was from an hour ago, so I don't know why my phone just vibrated. Okay, sorry about that, anyway, guys. Anyway, sorry. Uh... Okay, so so learning more about Jim, and like you know who he really is in the in the documentary Jim and Andy mm. when he was doing Man on the Moon, which is you know a different dramatic role for him. Also starring Paul Giamatti. Yeah, also starring Paul Giamatti. 
potentially a future episode. I would love to talk about Man yeah. on the Moon. But anyway, you know, I I think Jim, and I, I feel like we mentioned it a while back. Uh, I think Jim has this capacity to do dramatic roles, you know, and, you know, at this point, as we've been saying, no one ever seen it. And so right. I'm glad that they were so shocked that he could do it. And not only do it, but do it well. Pleasantly surprised. And I think why Jim Carrey is able to continue to step into a dramatic role every now and then, I think is a testament to Peter Weir. I I think that because he has worked with Robin Williams before, Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, he was able to, you know, I'm not saying... He's the, the comedian whisperer. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying that <laughs> he whisper. is showing these outrageous comedians that you can relax and you are able to play these dramatic roles, right? You're mm-hmm. able to step out of your comfort zone and do this. Right. right? Um, well, yeah, and Jim is just, he's phenomenal. You know, it, I think the only time we see... Ace Ventura Jim. Is what he's doing the donuts. Is what he's doing the donuts. He's like, ah! Right, and his tongue is hanging out, and he's shaking his head all over the place. But the other 90, I would say 95% of the movie, he's he's very serious. He's, you know, I I refer to it as just the Stanley Ipkiss. Okay. Because then the mask, Stanley Ipkiss, is the straight man. Right. So he's very serious. He's very uh, wholesome. And then when he becomes the mask is when he becomes the right. Jim Carrey we know and we know and love. Right. But you know this is him being Stanley Ipkiss the whole movie. Right. And then all the way to the end, even the end of the movie, he's. Yeah, I, I would say that there's every once in a while he'll do something sort of quirky, mm-hmm. you know, and you would assume improvised. Um, oh yeah, like with the with the drawing the soap, which is so he says he does that in his personal life, like he does that in his mirror. That's at awesome. Home, you know? And I know there, I know there's some takes where he was doing different things, like he drew like a dress and like hair, hair. And, yeah. Uh, but I, I like that they left in the the astronaut helmet. That I love that. That one is great, and I'm always so impressed of his flag. Oh, it looks he, really good. That he nailed it because it's a big bar of soap. Yeah. And it's almost like he got it to a point where he could... Yeah. And then the little T on it is perfect. True but I, I was always, and still am, very impressed by how that flag looks. Oh, yeah. And it's just... And I feel and I feel in that scene especially, even though it was improvised, it sums up Truman's life perfectly. I agree. I think that it's, you know, ex- explaining his intentions right he wants to get out he wants to explore right he wants to get out of he's you know quirky and funny mm-hmm. he's wholesome he's sweet um not afraid to look like an idiot by you know making you know, right uh, doing all these voices and shit uh it's wonderful he's wonderful and this movie is wonderful right? oh yeah you know and and jim Jim really holds this movie all together. And I mean, of course, obviously, being the leading man, he has to. But, you know, first outing in a dramatic role, and he he holds it right. all together. And he, you know, he's truly the heart and soul of the movie. Right. You know, sometimes some actors are the heart and the other actors are the soul. But he is he's the heart and the soul of this movie. Yeah, and I mean, just take a look at his face. 
Yeah. Right? Uh, I assume we're using the one I sent you, right? Yeah, I think I have that one. Okay, downloaded. great. So look at his face. Um, <laughs> and, and all the other little faces. Um, you know, so so which kind of brings me to to the point, even though I know we're not done talking, but the point of, you know, it's almost like people want to to almost save him. You know, so in the in the finale, in the in the in the end, when he chooses, you know, free will, I'm gonna leave. No one is upset that the show that they've been watching for thirty years is ending. They're happy right that he's gonna get to get out. I'm glad you're bringing this up because I was thinking about this last night in that um I, I always like to imagine fun little like spinoffs or sequels or stuff mm-hmm. and just think about what that would be like. And Kristoff's, um, what he would do after this, I was thinking about that. And then I started thinking, I was like, well, would we have to, in modern day thinking, would we have to assume this would be brought up like in a sort of cancel culture way that well you manipulated this person's life for thirty years. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? But then I started thinking about well no because people would watch and loved it right so I mean you know it's sort of like you don't <laughs> you kind of want to blame the audience also yeah. because it's not like they were you know just standing idly by and be like well he shouldn't be doing it. yeah and you know as he says when they have that graphic up. Uh, we've gotten more views on this graphic than we've ever gotten. Right. Uh, which is horrible. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I loved the the cuts to the people watching the show. Mm-hmm. Number one, I love that it's... We don't get a lot of... It, they're not wide shots, right? We don't really see the environment they're in. We're just focused on the people themselves watching the show, mm-hmm. uh, which I really like. Uh, even Sylvia, I love that we can't see her apartment really. There was one wide shot when she's on the phone. Yeah, we're it's like a tracking shot. It's this so following. we can see, you know, her really pushing like her propaganda posters. Also, like <laughs> save Truman, he's in jail, all that stuff. Um, but uh, everybody else, it's really just a two shot close up. Yeah, That's like it. like the guy in the bathtub. I really like the guy in the bathtub, <laughs> especially when he's. Uh, when when Truman he's holding onto the curtain. He's like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, that shit cracks me up. And then uh, and he pretty much ruins his TV when he's excited that Truman's getting out. He's like, he's leaving. And he's yeah. splashing. And I'm like, God, dude, you just ruined your TV. And again, it's sort of you know, it's sort of strange to see them so excited he's leaving because it's like, well, well, now your show is over, right? Don't you guys love this show? You know. And I, and I think it goes back to I think they just love Truman. Right. They they have all fallen in love with Truman. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the show per se. It just it's Truman, you know. And of course, the ending is kind of the the ending ending is is I was like, damn, that's actually pretty accurate. Yeah, it is now because now that they know the show is over, the two security guards are like, all right, let's see what's on next. Uh, what's, what else is on? Yeah, yeah. the remote. Um, because now it's time. Well, we got to find the next. Especially and, now. And going back to, um, going back to the expositional part of this film where they're explaining to you things. Uh-huh. I think it's kind of like a radio show. It's sort of if you're just now joining us, here's what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to do that every so often, every fifteen minutes or whatever. Right. In a recap. 
And I think that's, you know, this show is like CNN, right? It's on all day long, 24 uh, yeah. hours a day. 24 yeah. And so if someone were to click on it, a brand new viewer were to click on it, they need to know what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that, sorry, I, I didn't mean to, you know, just jump right into this again, but I think that sort of, to me, forgives the exposition because, again, it's like, just to recap, here's what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you're just now joining us, welcome. Here's Truman. Here's what we've been doing for 30 years. Yeah, you know, and, and what's so crazy is, uh, you, know, then, you know, then you have Kristoff, who's got more episodes planned like Meryl will be leaving him in the, the upcoming episode and we're going to introduce a new romantic there is no way he would have given that much of a spoiler alert in an interview it's unbelievable yeah um, well but at the same time this show has been captivating people for 30 years that's true he probably at this point he's like you know we're, we'll tell you everything we've got planned you know because then he even says like I still want to get the uh, the first Live conception I think, on TV. Yeah, I think at that point, you know, Kristoff is now in it for firsts, right? Mm-hmm. He has had all of this success and overwhelming success mm-hmm. with this show that now he's saying, how far can I go? Right. You know, can I get the first on-air conception? We have the first, you know, on-air birth, right? We have, or whatever. Or right. we've had this, we've had this. Yeah, we've had his first steps. Right. We, can we get this and what what's next right can we get that right and mm-hmm. so he's gonna have also the, he, he's planning on having the first person be born on television and die on television mm-hmm. right um all without interruption oh yeah and and so i think Kristoff is at that point riding pretty high well and, and, and i think it harkens back to what you were saying it's a god complex too you know because when I was rewatching the scene where he um, he's wanting to scare Truman to go back, you know, and Truman almost kind of calls him out. Is that the best you can do? You'll have to kill me uh, because Truman knows I'm not going back. Either you kill me or I'm going forward. And almost like God in the Old Testament, you know, Kristoff switches to very, very almost vengeful. Yeah. Where he tries to kill him and then finally realizes and backs off, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, almost like a, uh, a parent would with a child, you know? Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting, again, these are interesting concepts. The, you know, what kind of person would Kristoff be at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he would have lots of hubris. He would probably be un- insufferable to be around just because of, you know, how much success he's had in this very specific type of success. Well, and also I was just thinking, you know, if our theory would have been true, uh, if Paul Giamatti would have taken over, he clearly doesn't have the same no. stomach that Kristoff has. Because when Kristoff's like, crank it up, he's like, you're going to kill him. I'm not going to do it. Right. You know, and and I think that's, again... Like how you were saying with Sylvia, Paul is giving us, the audience, here's your bit of morality. Right. Here's a little bit more, right, mm-hmm. if you needed it. Uh, yeah. Not everyone's a monster in this movie, I promise. Right? Right. And and so I would go ahead and say that that, go ahead and, that debunks your th- theory that Paul Giamatti, because there's no way after that, Ed Harrison... It would be like, yeah, no, you're not taking yeah, over. Yeah, you're not taking over. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Right, you know, and again, they don't bring it up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So well, this is just all speculation. The show speculation. ends. Right. When, the, when the movie ends, the show's over. This is all speculation, right? <laughs> right. Um, it's almost, you know, again, I like thinking about what would happen next, right? Sorry, guys. Um, would, you know, would they try this with someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Or would this be a, a look into the ethics of what they've done and... I'm not saying lawsuits or anything crazy like that, but I'm saying that it might now be illegal for them to do this again, right? right. Or whatever. And so what would Christoph do after that? He would have to keep producing art, right? That's mm-hmm. just the kind of person he is. What would he do next? And so it's just fun to think about stuff like that, you know, uh, much like, you know, learning about his whole backstory is just fun, right? Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So, Jim, yeah. the ending. The ending. So, again, this is him on the boat. Right, he has mm-hmm. finally conquered his fear of the ocean, and and almost uh, he's almost content. He is, and he is just once he's on once he's on the water, it's almost like he can relax. He's done it. He's escaped. Right, which I really, I'm glad it didn't show us how he did it. Right, but at the same time, I kind of was like, how did he do it though? How yeah. did he, how did he know he could avoid all the cameras until? He Shawshanked himself out of that house, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Shawshank. Um, shout out to Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Frank Darabont. Uh, <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah. So he Shawshanked his way out of there, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and this is kind of where I you the audience finds out just how this show is played from day to day. Mm-hmm. Because when um, Louise, uh, Louis, uh, Marlon, mm-hmm. looks into the camera, he gets in trouble for looking into the camera. Yeah, don't look in the camera. Which means this show is played like a sitcom. The mm-hmm. show is not played. We know. <laughs> it's so strange to think about because uh, as an audience member, you're watching this like a soap opera, uh-huh. right? Um, or, you know, like a sitcom or like a drama or whatever, right? Um to where the audience knows the deal, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not represented that way. It's represented as a drama, right? right? A scripted drama, which means they don't look in the camera. They don't, you know, reference that they're on a show and they're actors or whatever. It's played to be reality, right? Mm-hmm. And so when he looks into the camera and gets in trouble, you start going, oh, is that really how it goes? That's so interesting, you know, that that's the show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, I, it was interesting to me anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's on the boat, he's on the water, and, you know, as we just mentioned, Ed Harris activates the weather system to try to scare him to go back to shore. But, like, what you were saying with Kristoff bringing his dad back, that fear has subsided. Right. So even though things get rocky, Truman's like, I'm not giving up. I'm, go- I'm going forward. Right. And again, he is so excited to leave. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care what happens to him now as long as he doesn't have to go back. And so Kristoff was foolish into thinking he could scare him into going back, I mm-hmm. think. And also in that scene, we get this very dark side of Kristoff. Mm-hmm. By saying, "Well, I guess he's dying early then," you know, basically. Yeah, because the, the I guess the network executive I can't think of that actor's name. Oh, Philip Baker Hall. Yes, love Philip Baker Hall. He was in our Magnolia episode. Uh, Shout to Magnolia. Yeah, but you know, he's like, he's like, 
cut, t- stop. And he's like, you're going to kill him. I guess he's dying early. Yeah, he's like, he was born on television. He can die on television. You know, and so it's sort of, you you assume early on that Christoph really cares for Truman. But here it's like, not as much as he cares about the, t- the television. Or right. It, it cares about the show. Right. Right. Um, because he might already have a backup, right? Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd like to think. Because if he's just so ready to kill him off, then he'll just bring in someone else, and that's not a problem. Right. right? Which but is then, scary. And, but then he almost kind of snaps out of it. Right. You know, because he, he gets what he wanted. He will use, like, you know, capsize him. And he does capsize a little bit, but enough to where Truman's... He's fine. You know. But then Kristoff kind of snaps out of it, and he's like, you know, shut it all down again. And this is where we get one of the greatest shots in film history, in my opinion, is him hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. And and I love the the music stops when he hits the wall uh, because we get this very triumphant orchestral score. That he, he survived the storm. Right. And then he's... And it's a beautiful um, a example of forced perspective where, you know, we think he has miles to go. And then the he just... The shadow ends up... And it's so fast that you notice the shadow and then he hits the wall, right? Um, the shadow of the boat. Mm-hmm. And he hits the wall and everything stops. And we get this, which I love, that when we first see... Jim Carrey, when we first see Truman touching the wall, we don't see his face. He is in his own grief on his own, right? This is him realizing the the gigantic manipulation that is his life, and we don't really see his face until he he finally he turns, yeah, and he and he starts hitting the wall, and he's now he's angry, right? And uh, but I love the the touching of the wall, and we only see his back, right? But you know he's right. Just he just cannot believe it, mm-hmm. right? And and I would like to say that that's probably one of Jim's best scenes in the whole movie. Guaranteed, because without speaking a word, you can tell right he's upset even before we see his face. Right, it's letting his body language do the work, mm-hmm. and it's done in such a brilliant way that. You know, now we are, we have stopped also using the studio cameras, I think. Yeah. Also. Yeah, we're using just the regular. We're using just, you know, the movie cameras instead of the studio cameras, right? Mm. Um, uh, which we can do an oops, I forgot about the cameras. Um, but when when he is, you know, hitting the wall, and again, it's a new score a new orchestral uh, music cue right mm-hmm. um and then Kristoff wants to talk to him and this is where we really let that god complex sink in because it's from the sun right or from the sky that he's talking from well, well truman thinks is well now he knows it's not the real sky right <laughs> and you know that conversation that they have between one another is genius i mean this is a genius ending oh yeah and and i just and i love the line that jim says uh you know because christoph says you know i know what you're feeling well you've never had a camera in your head right and you don't know yeah right and it's and it's just so and i think that's the second moment where you you really understand truman's life you know you're like wow he he hasn't actually lived a true life right 
And I love that we they don't subject us, the audience, to Kristoff explaining everything to him. Like, right? oh, this is why I did it, Truman. Or not only that, just like explaining the world that he's been living in. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we didn't have to do that. You know? Yeah, just more so of like... It was enough. It was enough to have him, oh, one of my favorite shots is him opening the door. And he's kind of like... You know, um, you know, and he's just about to reach in, and that's when Kristoff interrupts him and, you know, starts talking to with, him. With a very, uh, <laughs> I, I see this creepy, but very creepy, just kind of, Truman, Truman. Right. And then, but it was, you know, loud enough for him to be like, what? Right. Um... Again, brilliant. And and then, of course, we get that new music cue, and it's very hopeful and very, you know, light and right, than the other ones. And and, and it's kind of a, uh, you know, and, it, and it's, I always see it as a great, like, middle finger moment, because Kristoff is trying to convince him to stay. You know, stay in this world. I built this world for you. If you stay, you know, I guess he's implying we can make it better. Right. And then... You know, and Truman's not talking to him, almost like a, again, a, a defiant child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, you know, say something. You're on television. Say something. And instead of being, you know, like, fuck you. Yeah. Okay, I don't see you. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And he takes his bow, which I love. Yeah. He takes his bow like, I'm done. Yeah. And he walks out and... And then Sylvia's been watching, and she runs downstairs, and you assume they're just going to meet up and finally be together. And Truman gets to live a life. We hope. We hope. Right. Because then, as we mentioned, the show's now technically over, and show's now over. it's like, well, what else is on What now? else is on? And the movie's over. Right. Um, absolutely brilliant. Abs- yeah. I Yeah. 100%. It's... One of the best endings I've ever seen. That's you know that's why I really wanted to talk about it. You know because like I said last week, it's it's a movie that you know I think much and I feel like I've talked to you about it, but in case I haven't, I feel like I'm about to piss you off. Much like Adam Sandler, okay, Jim is known primarily for comedy. Okay, you know very you know physical comedy and you know like. I read a review about Sonic the Hedgehog, and people are like, "Oh, you know, it's it's a return to form for Jim Carrey." And I'm like, "Well, but you see, Jim can do so much more." Oh, that's right, he's in that. Yeah, I'm he's, sorry, I haven't seen it, and I forgot it was in it. He's, so. he's Eggman. And I'm gonna be, and he's funny in it. And I wouldn't say it's a return to form. You know, I think one of his funniest movies is uh, Liar Liar. Okay, I think it's great. Yep. You know, it's it is good. I really like Liar. Um, of course, that's not to say I don't love math. But anyway, you know, but like I was sitting, you know, when I read that, I was like, but like, have you ever seen The Truman Show? Right. Because it's such a break for him. And so early in his career. Right. Well, acting career, that is, that he, again, he shocked everyone. How he didn't win an Academy Award for this, I will never understand. I mean, like we've said before, the, the Academy is run by monsters, <laughs> just like the MPAA. Ugh, yeah. You know, but... That's yeah, what... and uh, my I think my parents would be very upset if I didn't mention... Uh, also, The Majestic is also... Uh, I heard... A film. The reviews are horrendous. I, for I this heard film, critics hated it. Which is so interesting, because I, you know, there's really nothing wrong with it. I, I liked it as a kid. My parents really like it. It's um, a Frank Darabont film. This is... 
um, After the Green Mile. Oh, wow. Um, and so Frank Darabont is, you know, starting to, you know, try, to, try to do something not Stephen King. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but again, it's this, you know, very dramatic role for him. And this is less light and fluffy than this oh, yeah. movie is. Yeah, uh, the Majestic is sad, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I like The Majestic, and so... Um, well, like we've always said, too, critics really don't know what they're talking yeah, about sometimes. you know, I don't know. I need it. It's been so many years since I've seen The Majestic, so... Yeah, it may be a situation where you would watch it and you hate it now. Maybe. I don't know. But, I'll, I'll have to wait and see. But, you know, again, like I said, that's really why I wanted to talk about this movie, because it's... Out of all of Jim's works, if I were to have to pick two movies of his that I would rewatch constantly... It would be probably Ace Ventura because I can quote that line, quote that movie line for line, mm-hmm. and it would be this. It would be the Truman okay. Show because I feel like I feel like with every actor, every actor has sides, and I think Jim, I think he gets taken for granted. Like I said, I think people assume he's much like Adam Adam Sandler, just with doing stupid comedies and things like that. And yes, Jim is very funny, and he's a physical comedian, but, man. I think it just takes the right script and the right director, because yeah. um, Jim Care, uh, Jim Care, uh, um, Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love oh, yeah. is fantastic. It's on my Criterion wish list. Right? So it's, you know, I think it just takes the right finesse for these guys well, to, and, you know, they got to want to do it also. I mean, well, you know. And I, and I agree with that, too. You know, I was watching a video about Adam Sandler. It was like a, a a video of like actors who've redeemed themselves, and I think Adam was like number. It was like out of ten actors. I'm not think. sure redemption's the right word. He's not like. Well, they, they it was uncut gems that they talked about. That's interesting. I would think that he was also very good in Big Daddy as like in a more down to earth role. You know. Yeah. Well, but anyway, it, it, I just love this movie. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think without this ending, we would we definitely wouldn't be talking about it. Oh, yeah. The ending, I, I the, the last 30 minutes of the movie of them searching for Truman. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's great, man. And it's, I think people, you know, yes, it's dramatic, but it's it's funny. It's, I I really like that it, it became a very lighthearted drama. Yeah, instead of the, the dark... Uh, sci-fi. Sci-fi New York film, you know, like no. it's... You're thinking Snake Plissken's going to pop out at any minute. Um, shout out to uh, Kurt Russell. Uh, <laughs> we were just talking about Kurt Russell. Yeah, we were. So, I again, I, I do like this lighthearted change. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious to see what it would have been like... If they had kept it, the original, you right. know, sort of Gattaca-esque um, sci-fi would have been kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Movie's awesome. Uh, we would recommend everyone go see it. For sure. If you haven't watched um, I mean, if you haven't watched we wrote it for you. But another that's... thing, too, with now that we're on YouTube is, you know, we can, you know, tell you and, like, put it somewhere on the screen where you can go check the movie out. Oh, that's a Of course, uh, I dug deep. And the only place to find it, digitally at least, is you, you got to rent it or buy it from iTunes or Amazon or whoever you use. I have it on my shelf at home. So that's or, I yeah, watch you it. can go physically buy it. I, I have the Blu-ray. So, so Jeremy, yeah. are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I do. I, let's do an Oops, I Forgot real quick. Oops, because I Because I, I completely forgot to talk about the amazing camera work. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the 
studio cameras, yeah, like the, the one the, in the trash can. And the, the buttons. And the, right, the one in his car radio, the one in the pencil sharpener. The, yeah, his, his, I forgot about the pencil sharpener. His ring is a camera, mm-hmm. uh, they talk about in the trivia, that uh, his big black diamond ring is, uh, is a camera. So they could use it if they needed it. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just brilliant, the briefcase ones. And I like that they're sort of in awkward angles. They're not professionally done because these aren't professional cameramen. They're actors, mm. you know, wielding these cameras. And some of them are in weird places and, you know, uh, just to make sure you have total coverage. So would you say uh, that the birds in this world are cameras? Bird. <laughs> birds aren't real. Yeah. What do you mean in that world? It's in birds aren't real. So they're <laughs> government drones. So I don't, I, I don't know what you mean by in this Truman Show world. It's in general that they're not real, but that's fine. But especially in the Truman Show. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I actually, I don't think you see any animals in this except for dogs. That's true. Uh, but I'm sure they figured out. I a- also an oops I forgot is I you know since there's no sunlight, how does he mow his grass? Um, oh yeah, but I I don't want to think about it that much. But uh, unless that's a, they have that's like a, a team that comes out there and is like go go go, like, that's a stupid nitpicky thing to to say. But because um, it's you know who cares? Uh, again, it's just fun to think about and and you know have an analysis about this world he's living in, this right. dome. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, that's all the oops I forgot I had. Yeah, that's really it. Was you the know, camera I mean, placements it, were genius. This movie's great. I I really wish. Ashley uh, hadn't fallen asleep when I put it on because I really wanted her to watch it. But Has she never seen it? Uh, I don't believe so. Um, I almost wanted to title this episode Not Ed TV. Not Ed TV. <laughs> <laughs> Which came out after uh, this one. Uh, that's right, yeah, because, yeah. With Woody Harrelson, yeah. yeah. Um, Didn't, who did Ed TV? I, I don't remember. I've never seen Ed TV, so. Isn't it Richard Linklater? There's no way Linklater did Ed TV. I'm, it's possible, though. <laughs> I'm going to say 75% certain. It's possible. It's, it's Linklater. Linklater. Um, but, um, so, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Do I need to prepare myself no, for really. another this, downer? No, this isn't as... No, no, no. This isn't as much of a downer as the, the other ones. Um, okay. Uh, I, again, we're going to... I'm going to be talking about the music a lot in this one okay. because it's my favorite band. Uh, the National uh, does uh, the intro and outro songs uh, to this film, and it was very heavily influenced. the The tone of the film and the the director had the song on while he was writing the script. He would just play it over and over and over again. Okay. Um, it is Gavin O'Connor's Warrior. Oh um, yeah, with uh, Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. So you know, um, I've always wanted to see this. It's brilliant. It um, is one of my favorite sports movies. You want to call it a sports movie? Um, well, I mean, technically, it's about mixed martial arts. Yeah. But I know there's a deeper it's ab- theme. It's incredible. And the acting is incredible. Of course, Tom Hardy is amazing. Yeah, Tom Hardy is... Yeah. I mean, yeah. You've never seen him this shredded, by the way. Like, he was bigger in Batman. Oh, that's... Well, because, yeah, he put on mass for Batman. For Batman. But this one, he's cut. I mean... Like... And his trap's, like, touching his earlobes. I mean... Well, that's... Well, that's, well no, Bane was well, worse. Well, Bane, yeah, is touching his earlobes. He's like... I was born a dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, does he also got those, uh, those cum gutters? Wow. <laughs> I awesome. just said... Come gutters. I may bleep myself. Uh, no, keep it in. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like it. Um, yeah, he does. Uh, Tight. 
guys, you're not prepared for how much you're going to love this movie I, if you have not seen it already. Again, like I said, I've, I always it always interested me because you know it, it, I know it's about these two brothers, um, and I love I love Joel Edgerton. I think he is a uh, much like some other actors we mentioned on the show before. I can't think. Uh, I think he's very underrated. I think people mm-hmm. take him for granted. Uh, especially with his range that he yeah, can do. Yeah, and also his filmmaking. He's um, directed oh, yeah, The right. Gift, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think one other one. Um, so, I mean, he's, you know... He's, he's in also the, in The Green Knight, which we will never get to see. We'll never see The Green Knight. Um, he was also fantastic in um, It Comes at Night, which was very good. I, I would say another movie I think he's fantastic in, but we you've told me numerous times you hate the movie, so I'm not going to say it. Okay, great. And embarrass myself in front of our uh, audience. Okay, great. Uh, so next week... Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed The Truman Show. Um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, or uh, if you rather just listen to our voices. Um, we will have a Season 5 logo. Yeah. Um, uh, our buddy Alex Horton. I will put a link to his YouTube channel. Uh, I know we've talked about him a lot. A lot. He's been on the uh, show a few times. He's been on the show. We've done projects with him. Uh, he's going to be helping us do this. Um, and I think I haven't mentioned this to you, but I think we may do like a little contest thing. Mm. If you can guess what movie that we're recreating once we release the image. We can't give you money. Uh, we don't have any money. But we'll shout you out on he, the podcast. He has, he has holes in his shirt. We can't afford... Seen, yeah. We can't afford things, guys. I'm living off of beans. He is. I'm fine. But he's living off of beans, and I refuse to help him. So. But anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed. Please subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>